This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Pass the war quickly. Down to six seconds. And welcome back to another episode of the Cool Your Jets podcast. We're your host, Ben Blessington and Michael Nania with another head coaching candidate profile. This time, it's a big one. Matt Campbell, Iowa State's head coach. Michael, when you ask Jets fans who their number one pick is to be the next head coach of the Jets, it's pretty unanimously Matt Campbell. And it's not so much whether uh, the Jets want Matt Campbell. It's more so would Matt Campbell want the Jets. What are your thoughts on, on Matt Campbell as the, the potential next head coach of the New York Jets? Yeah, it definitely seems like he's been the most popular pick so far among Jets fans. I think everyone at Jets X Factor picked him, except me, as his number one. Although I do like him quite a bit. But um, yeah, he definitely seems like the most hyped guy, great you know, leader. The, a guy who can come in and be that culture changer that the Jets really need. Yeah, most definitely. He has the head coaching experience. You mentioned culture. He's an offensive guy. There are questions about whether or not he can make the jump from college to the NFL, from Iowa State to New York, but certainly an intriguing candidate. Uh, And as we've done with all these, we bring on somebody who knows a hell of a lot more about these candidates than we do. We are lucky enough to be joined by Cyclone Fanatics, Jared Stansbury. Jared, how you doing, man? Not too bad, guys. Uh, Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for taking time out of your day. I know you said you were in the middle of a move, so we really appreciate you taking 20 or 30 minutes to talk to us about Campbell. And you said in your DM to us that you doubt that Matt Campbell, when we reached out for an interview, you doubt that Matt Campbell would even consider taking a, a Jets job, an NFL job, or leaving Iowa State. Do you stand by that? I mean, if you had to put a, a percentage on, on the chance that Matt Campbell were to leave um, to an NFL job, I mean, what would you say? Uh, I think that there would be a less than 5% chance. What makes, what makes you say that? Um, I mean, as much as anything, man, like, you know, I, I've been doing this for you know quite a while now. I've been around a lot of coaches and stuff like that. And uh, I, Matt Campbell's just one of those guys. Like, I don't think he's someone that is really trying to quickly like elevate himself. I don't even know the best way to put it. He's not, he just doesn't care. Like he's not a traditional coach where it's like, you're always just trying to find the next thing, the next thing until you kind of max out you know, how far you can go. And uh, he's someone who really truly believes like in building something and building a program, you know, his mentor uh, is Larry Karras, who is the head coach at uh, Mountain Union um, out in Ohio, which is a division three school. Larry Karras was at at Mountain Union for 30 years. Uh, You know, the kind of guys that he looks up to are Bill Snyder, 
uh, you know, Kirk Ferentz, who obviously has had a lot of success on the other side of the state here. Uh, people that, you know, are they stick at one job and they stay around and they really build something. They build a culture and they build something sustainable. And, you know, the other thing is I've just heard how much Coach Campbell has talked about next year's team. Uh, I know how excited he is about next year's team and some of the guys they've got coming back. Obviously, some pretty exciting players with Brock Purdy and, uh, and Mike Rose and, and so on that, um, you know, I just don't envision this being a time when he would really uh, consider that kind of opportunity because, you know, you look back these last several years, he's had a lot of chances to take other jobs. You know, he was one of the prime candidates at Florida State. Uh, you know, he was approached by Tennessee and Nebraska. And, um, you know, I think he probably would have been pursued by Texas if he had, uh, if you know, if they had wanted to, uh, if they'd not done things the kind of the way they did, it wouldn't surprise me if they maybe put some feelers out. But there's also been NFL jobs that have, you know, pursued him and, you know, tried to get interviews with them. And he just has never really showed too much interest in that. So I think eventually maybe, you know, if he was going to leave Iowa State, it wouldn't surprise me if he went to, to work in the NFL. But I on honestly think that it might be uh, as more of a GM type role or, uh, you know, someone who is in the front office more than it really would be as a coach. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Campbell turning down NFL jobs. The Jets requested him in 2018, and he turned it down. It's tough to say. I mean, I would say that this is a better job uh, than it was in 2018, but there's still a lot of question marks. And he kind of reminds me of, like a guy uh, like Pat Fitzgerald who, uh, from Northwestern who, like you said, wants to stay at one place, wants to build a culture. I mean, you look at the, the team that he's built from nothing into something. And if he was going to leave to an NFL job, it sounds like he would probably wait until the best possible opening a team like the Cowboys, a storied franchise or a team that's a head coach retired, maybe like the Steelers of Tom would ever move on or the Patriots. I mean, something, I don't know if you want to be Belichick's replacement. So you could, you could whack the Patriots off that, but it seems like he would wait until there was a primary job like that. I mean, the jets are uh, somewhat attractive but we've had him as the third best opening but they're clearly not the best in this offseason and they're probably not going to be the best team that approaches him so i agree with you i think it's unlikely but let's entertain it let's say the jets throw him a blank a blank check and we've talked about him turning around that iowa state program can you just talk about what iowa state was what iowa state was like before matt campbell got there and what they've been like since he's got there yeah, I mean, I, I think the best way I can put it is that in the three years that I uh, was at Iowa State, I went through my sophomore, junior, and senior year, uh, the Cyclones won eight games total in those three years. And then uh, they've won um, eight games in each of the last four years, uh, won 32 games, which is a school record. Iowa State's a program that has never really had any traditional success. You know, this year will be only the third time in school history that they've finished in the top 25, uh, in the postseason top 25. Um, you know, obviously just went to their first New Year's Six Bowl game. And then the one statistic that people throw around is that they haven't won a conference championship since 1912, you know, and obviously came about 30 yards short of, of being able to break that streak here uh, this season. And, you know, that kind of plays into uh, into this deal as well, where, you know, I think that you make a good point that th those marquee jobs and things like that. Matt Campbell is very conscious of when he takes a job, you know, the other things that are surrounding it besides like what actually is happening in that at that particular school or that particular organization you know I say for I said for example Florida State the reality right now at Florida State is you've got to dig yourself out of, out of a pretty deep hole and you've got a pretty big giant that you've got to slay in order to get to where you're competing to win conference championships or national championships um, and that's obviously Clemson who's going to be up there every year I think the Jets, you know, if you take it into an NFL perspective, are in a similar situation where maybe it's not quite what it was, you know, in 2018 when they still had Tom Brady. But 
you know, every year you're kind of chasing Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And that's kind of what you're judged on. You know, you're, if you're going to a place where it's like, okay, the, the expectation is to win a national championship or win a Super Bowl or, you know, win the division or whatever. And then you see like, oh, I've got to play Clemson every year. <laughs> well, okay. You know, it's going to be tough to do that. Oh, I got to play the Belichick or I got to play the Patriots twice a year. Okay. Well, probably going to be pretty tough to do that. And so he's one of those guys that's just, he's really conscious of those things. Um, you know, I think it would have been the same thing that if the Michigan job had come open, it would have been the same kind of scenario where, uh, you know, you look across that division, whether it's Penn, obviously Ohio State has things rolling right now. It's going to be tough to be able to win that division year after year. Whereas at, at Iowa State, you know, with what the Cyclones have been able to do since he's been here, you know, they're not going to go to the Big 12 championship game every year. Obviously, Oklahoma is always going to be the big dog in this league. But I think that he's got the Cyclones to a point now where they're going to be in contention to go to the Big 12 championship game most every season. And if you can just get to that game, well, then you never know what could happen. So uh, that's just one of those things that that's where I, I think that he's changed things uh, here at Iowa State is that, you know, now he's got Iowa State in a position where they can, can you know, compete year after year and be a program that can and win at a really high level. And he's just really conscious of, of being able to do that because that's what he wants to do above everything else is build a culture, build a winning culture, you know, and be able to, uh, to work with uh, young men. And that's the other thing. I think he really likes working with the kids. Uh, and I don't know, you know, how that would change, maybe going to the professional level. Yeah. And, and you mentioned his ability to build that winning culture and also coaching the kids, the younger guys in college, which is obviously a lot different than the NFL. So how would you describe his coaching, uh, his coaching style, how he's been able to build what he's built at Iowa state. And if he did move to the NFL, do you think his style would translate? See, and that's something funny because I saw a report today from someone that they, they said that they thought Matt Campbell was too buddy, buddy with his players uh, to be an NFL coach, which in my mind, like, I, I feel like if you've got a coach, you want a coach that the players are going to like, I don't know why that's a negative, you know, but that's the kind of guy that he is. He builds, he's a relationships guy. He builds close relationships with people. Uh, you know, he, he looks for the kinds of people who are going to fit into his culture above, uh, you know, maybe necessarily taking a, a kid who is a, a really good talent, but is going to be a pain in the ass, you know? Uh, and that's, that's just how I think he would probably approach things, which I, I think it's probably tough to do that in the NFL. You have to probably be a lot better of a manager of egos and, and all that kind of stuff than what, uh, whereas in college, you know, it's like, this is what our culture is. You come here and you conform to us, um, you know, probably kind of what the Patriots have been able to do uh, over all of these years. But at the same time, you're working with a lot bigger egos. You're working with older guys. Um, and it's probably harder to do things like that than it is with uh, an 18 year old. So, you know, I just think that he's someone who's just, he's so, you know, centered around building close relationships with people, getting, you know, all about trust and getting his players to trust him, trust his coaching staff, and then him being able to trust his players. So uh, that's where I think, like, that's how he's been able to have that success at Iowa State is he's gotten some of these guys, you know, the Alan Lazards, who's obviously had a great season with the Packers, the David Montgomery's, who's uh, playing really well with the Bears, um, and all the way down the line of, of guys that have come in and really bought into that and building those relationships and accountability and all that kind of stuff. And it's not like – you know, he's not someone who's going to, who wants to harp on someone to make sure that they're doing the right thing. You know, he wants it to be uh, player driven uh, and, and stuff. And, and I feel like that's probably hard at the professional level to get into a position like that to where uh, you can do that year after year. 
is the managing egos part of uh, your biggest concerns for, for Matt Campbell to make that tr- transition? I mean, obviously that's one of them, but are there any other concerns that you have about Matt Campbell going from Iowa state to a big market like New York to be a head coach of a losing franchise? I mean, you said that he actually might prefer a little bit of the less expectations that so that he can build his program the right way and not feel like he has to rush results. But when you're in New York, I mean, the fans will turn on you quickly. Um, and obviously people are, are impatient. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously managing egos is, is a big concern, I guess. But what are some of the other concerns you have about Matt Campbell making that jump? Yeah, I think that is – I do think that in New York, just his style might not play very well. One, he's very coach-speaky, you know. And, I, I mean, as someone who has transcribed basically every interview that Matt Campbell's ever given in the five years that he's been at Iowa State, uh, there's a lot of times where you'll sit and listen to him talk and you're like, in it, in the moment, you're like, man, this makes a lot of sense. And then you sit there and you read it back and it's like, this doesn't make any sense at all. He just, he can talk in circles like that. So I don't know how well that that would play with the Jets media. Uh, I mean, we've sat through Adam Gase. So I think, I yeah, think anything's that, better. That, that, that's fair. But, uh, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things where his program is kind of a slow burn because you need to build that trust. You know, like he doesn't just show up all of a sudden and it like, oh, the switch flipped and it, it works now, you know. And, you know, that's the thing that I would always wonder about him as an NFL coach is if, especially in a place like New York, are they going to have the patience to allow him to build the infrastructure for what he wants it to become, you know. And the other thing, like I don't think as a from a football perspective, like I don't think Matt Campbell would have a problem because – you know, you talk about getting a guy who's a CEO or getting a guy who uh, can be kind of a, a, you know, a top level manager more than being like a, a, a great football mind. I mean, I, I don't think that anybody out there is going to question like, you know, whether or not Adam Gase knows about football, because he's obviously got some pretty smart people that have endorsed him as a football mind in the past. But to be that head coach, in my mind, you got to be a guy who's a CEO. I think Matt Campbell, that's exactly what he would be in the NFL. So he's a CEO. He's someone who's um, you know, putting people in the best positions to be successful, but it's like, I don't know that if it didn't work right away, or if it took a couple of years to really start to, you know, kind of turn like that and to get the people in that you need, um, to make that, you know, style really successful, you know, can he get the patience that he needs from, from people in a, in a big market, whether it's, uh, a New York or even a Dallas, I think that a Dallas would be similar, um, you know, I see him, if he was ever going to take an NFL job, it would be, you know, like Cleveland where obviously he's from the Ohio area. He, he's from right outside Cleveland. Uh, that's kind of the team that he, he grew up being a fan of, uh, or somewhere like, you know, even a, maybe of a Kansas city or somewhere like that, that he could maybe have some success just because, uh, you know, the light isn't quite as bright every day as it is in, in, a, in a New York or a, another huge market like that. And you already mentioned one of the biggest keywords that we brought up in, I think, every single one of these podcasts, and that's CEO. That's what we're kind of looking for in the next Jets head coach. Like you mentioned, Adam Gase. Obviously, the offensive play calling not great, but there's a reason he's there. He knows his stuff in terms of football. It's just the leadership, the, the main part of being a head coach that he doesn't have. And I think that's why a lot of Jets fans are drawn to Matt Campbell, that he can be that CEO, lead the entire team, change the culture. So including that, and in addition – uh, to other things, what do you think are some of the top traits he has that could make him a good NFL head coach? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big one. You know, it's just he's he's a leader of men. You know, he's someone that he has an, a, a unique ability to get people to believe in him, you know. And there's 
there's like this, you know, people say that someone has it, you know, they've got it and uh, you don't really know what it is until you see it, you know, like Matt Campbell, when you spend 10 seconds around him, you're like, man, I would run through a brick wall for this guy. And like, you just, he, people are drawn to him. So I think that that's like one of his, his biggest strengths is he's just, he's someone that, you know, can convince you, uh, you know, at a place like Iowa state, when he first got here in his opening press conference, he starts talking about championships again. Like I obviously had not won a, has not won a conference championships in 1912. We don't think about championships very much in Ames, Iowa, or at least we didn't. Um, but he, that's the thing that he talked about right away. And I think, it, you know, he did his opening press conference and I was like, man, this guy can, he can really talk. Like I, you know, I hope he can coach football as well. He can talk, but I remember he came and talked at a basketball game uh, that Iowa state was playing and he talked in front of the fans, which was like when he was introduced to them. And uh, the speech he gave, and I can't even rem really remember the details, but I remember looking at my roommate that was with me at this basketball game. I said, if anyone is ever going to win a championship at Iowa State, it's that guy. And I don't know why, but that guy makes me think that they could legitimately win a championship at, at Iowa State. Um, and obviously now they're a lot closer to, to that now than what they ever were. And he just he gets people to believe in his vision and he gets people to um, – you know, fall in line with what he thinks can happen at a place that it's never happened before. And so I think that's one of his biggest traits. And the other one is I think he's does a really good job of understanding his weaknesses. He's not going to try and be, uh, you know, he's not going to try and be this offensive guru. Like I think he is an offensive guy. He's obviously coached at a lot of uh, at the offensive on the offensive side of the ball at several different places. Um, but I don't think anybody's going to sit here and say like Matt, Matt Campbell is one of the best offensive minds in college football. Uh, you know, he's a good one. And I think that he's smart, but I think he's a lot better at finding people who are smarter than him and putting them in the best position to be successful. So that's what I think he would be good at at the NFL level is like trying to find the best people that he can and surround himself with them because he's not so insecure that it's like, I don't want to find good people. I just want to find yes men. He's like, no, I want to find the best people possible. And I want to put them in positions to be successful and then, you know, help them put the people under them in the best position to be successful and so on down the line. So I think that that would be something that, you know, at the NFL would level would be really good for him. Uh, that's why I think that people probably look at him and are like, this guy could be an NFL coach. Um, but it's just, you know, obviously I mentioned all the things that, that kind of go into that. So that's why I feel like coaches, like NFL people are drawn to him is because he's like, he is very understanding of his weaknesses and he's not a guy who's like going to try and force something on someone, you know, he's not going to come in and say, I'm the head coach. I'm going to call the place. He's like, I'm going to go and hire the best guy I can to call the place. I'm not going to try and call the defense. Like I'm going to try and go and find the best guy to install the best defense. And, uh, you know, and I just think that that's you know, something that is uh, missing a little bit in football now where there's not that many coaches that ha have so little ego that they're just like, I'm going to go find someone smarter than me. There's a lot of them that are like, well, I'm the smartest guy in the room, so I need to find the guy that thinks the closest to what I do. And uh, Matt Campbell is not one of those people. We yeah, did have one of those people for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jets fans know all about the, those types of people. Um, obviously, everything you said here is, is exciting to, when you think about him as a head coach. But And you kind of mentioned his offense. Do you think, and you kind of address a little bit, but if he were to become a head coach, do you think he would try to carry over his own offense? If so, how would you describe it as – why would you describe it schematically and can it translate to the NFL? Or 
do you think that he would try to hire an offensive coordinator that would bring his own offense completely? Like would Matt Campbell, if he became a head coach, have any influence on that offense? Or do you think he would be pretty hands-off on that and try to run the entire team? So I think that there's two points really in, to explain this. And, and the first one is that, you know, Matt Campbell is one of those guys. He has a saying, it's players, formations, plays. So he's going to try – he's going to look at the guys that are on his roster. So he looks at the players, and he's like, okay, what are the best formations that we can put these players in, um, you know, to get our 11 best players on the field on that side of the ball? And then we're going to run plays that put out of those formations that give us the best opportunity to utilize the 11 best players that we have. So, And he's not a – you know, he's not going to try and put a square peg into a round hole. He's going to build what he does off of the guys that he's got. Um, so I think that's the the first thing is it's like he's not – he would try and find someone who is a, an offensive coordinator that's like they look at it like that. So, you know, for instance, like with the uh, with the Jets, you know, assuming that if Sam Darnold is the, the quarterback or whoever it is that they maybe take, you know, highly in the draft, uh, they're going to look at that guy and it's like, what does our quarterback do well? Okay. How do we get people – how do we put our quarterback in the best position to succeed? Um, you know, and then so on down the line at every position, what do we need to do with this guy to put him in the best position uh, that we can to succeed? And how do we make these guys complement each other in the best way possible? Uh, but I, I will add that he is one of those guys that, and this, he, he's been this way from the very beginning. This was one of the things he talked about in his opening press conference was you're going to run the ball. And if you can run the ball and you can stop r the run on the other side, then more often than not, you can win. And that's that way at the college level. It's that way at the NFL level as well. Um, you know, I think even, you know, you look like at the Chiefs, like obviously that's a team that is close to, to, to us here in, in Iowa. We don't have a professional team, but um, when the Chiefs have been at their best, it's because they're able to run the ball in addition to Patrick Mahomes being a magician, you know, and, uh, and if they can stop the run, like what they were able to that last year and weren't able to two years ago, um, you know, you see a team that can eventually become a, a Super Bowl champion. So I think that offensively, you know, he wants to put people in the best position to succeed, but at the same time, he wants to run the ball first uh, over everything else. So it would be like trying to get the offensive linemen, uh, the tight ends, the receivers, the and, and the running back in, and a fullback in a spot to where it's like, okay, we've got the guys that we need in order to run the ball. And we're going to run the ball first, and then we will pass off of that. Uh, and, and, and so on down the line. So I think that that would probably be the kind of offense that he would run. It would probably be run heavy. It would be predicated on trying to get the run game going, but not adding like a, you know, he's not going to come in and run the I formation, probably not be uh, like the Titans where it's, we're going to give the ball to Derrick Henry 40 times a game. Uh, unless it, you know, you have a guy who's like Derrick Henry, who's a unicorn, different breed type player. Yeah, and you mentioned Hopefully that makes emphasis. sense. Yeah, Hopefully yeah, I, I, I totally yeah. understand what you're talking about. And you mentioned his emphasis on that run game. So if he did get the chance to run an NFL team, what type of players do you think he would first be telling his general manager, whether it's Joe Douglas with the Jets or whoever it may be, what type of players do you think he'll be looking for to, you know, not just running the offense, but installing his culture? So what type of players do you think he'd be looking for if he were to run an NFL team? I mean, I think obviously, you know, everything starts with, in an NFL team. It starts with the quarterback. And um, I think we've seen Iowa State's offense be at its best when he's got a guy who's more of a quote-unquote game manager, you know. Uh, and if you can get a guy who's a game manager but, like, is an elite level type of game manager, 
then you can see this offense really start to take off. Like when Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy is at his best when he's playing in a game manager type way, but he's just really good at it, you know? And so you get that guy to buy into that mindset that it's like, I'm not the one who has to carry the team and be doing crazy things all the time and like making insane plays. It's like, no, I just need to go out there and I need to, you know, on first down, I need to get us six yards on second down. I need to get us four yards and like, just keep, you know, staying on schedule all the time and not trying to be, um, you know, someone who's just this, you know, crazy player. It's like, obviously you can get a crazy player. Like that's good, but you want a guy who's just going to buy into like keeping the offense on schedule. So that's the first one. Um, offensively, he wants to be physical. So you want to get guys up front that are going to be, you know, physical blockers uh, in the run game are really going to be able to move people around uh, and push people uh, down the field up front and try and wear people out. Um, you know, a good example of that from an Iowa State perspective is this game they just played in the Fiesta Bowl where, uh, you know, I think they ran the ball over 50 times against Oregon. They can, in the time of possession, they had over 46 minutes of time of possession in that game, which is insane. <laughs> Obviously, if you can keep the ball for three quarters of the game, you're going to win a lot of times. And so, like, that's the kind of stuff that he wants. You know, at the receiver position, you know, I think he just wants to get the best players he can. I, they like guys that are long. That's who they've had the most success with. Uh, the Hakeem Butlers, um, Alan Lazard uh, type of guys. And then they really – his offense has always done a good job of utilizing the tight ends. I think that that would be a position that they would really try and focus on. Um, they've done a good job of finding guys who are able to be adequate blockers and then also be good at catching, uh, catching passes as well just because of the number of different looks that you can give a team. If you can throw two or three tight ends out there and those two or three tight ends all can block and catch passes. You know, and so I think that's where it would be offensively. And then defensively, it would really probably depend on the kind of system they would run. I don't know that they would take Iowa State's defensive system. Uh, Iowa State's defense is different from like what you even see anywhere in college football with the three high safeties. Uh, so that would probably depend a lot more on who his defensive coordinator is and, and what they would uh, try and do there. Then uh, I don't think that they would really try and, you know, I don't know that there's like a set kind of, uh, I don't even know, prototype for what those positions need to be to, to where I could really break it down, I guess. Well, you, you kind of touched on it right there at the end. And, and when, when you think of college coaches making that transition to the NFL, one of the biggest questions is the type of staff they're going to build. And that was the reason why Matt Rule isn't the Jets coach is because they wanted to meddle in the staff that he was going to build. They were uncomfortable with a lot of Baylor assistance. If Matt Rule were to make that jump, I mean, what do you think his staff would look like? Do you think he would have a lot of Iowa State guys, guys that he's comfortable, or do you think he would worry about raiding Iowa State staff? So then he would try to, you know, maybe go with other guys across college football, kind of like Rule brought in a guy like Joe Brady that he'd never coached with, but was, you know, from the college ranks. Do you think that he's established any relationships in the NFL in anticipation of potentially making that jump? Just kind of your overall thoughts on what his staff may look like. See, and this is, I, I'll just be quite frank, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know how you would approach that because I think the reality is, first of all, that if Matt Campbell left, there are several guys on the staff who would probably be first in line to get the job to replace him, um, whether that's Tom Manning, their offensive coordinator, uh, or uh, John Haycock, their defensive coordinator, or even some, some other guys that are on the staff. So I think that that would kind of be the first piece of that. Uh, and I think if, you know, like if John Haycock stayed, who's their defensive coordinator has been, I think is one of the best defensive coordinators in the, in the game at the college level. Um, I would find it hard to believe that, that any of those other guys that are on that staff would, uh, would leave. Um, and that's just because 
Campbell brought his entire staff from Toledo with him to Iowa State. So those guys have all more or less outside of, I think, two different spots on the on the staff, on both of them on the offensive side of the ball. Those guys have all been together for a better part of a decade. Um, and I just I, I can't see many of them leaving anytime soon. Uh, they they like what they've done together. Uh, and, you know, I think that they just like being around each other. So if if Campbell left and like had that opportunity to bring them all with him, like I think that he maybe would. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa State tried to keep them or some of them and make them the head coach. So it's like, like I said, I don't exactly know what the best way to uh, approach that would be. Um, just because I think I could see it kind of going either way. I, I don't necessarily see him leaving and just being like, all right, see you guys. Uh, good luck, you know. But at the same time, I don't know what his connections are at the NFL level and, and necessarily how that would work, I guess. And, and so to bring it all together, if Matt Campbell were to get an NFL job, whether it were with the Jets or somewhere else, what would your pitch be to that team's fan base on what they're getting with him? Um just listen to him, you know, uh, when he comes in and he starts to tell you guys about, you know, winning championships and, um, you know, when he starts talking about building a culture and what needs to be done to, uh, to do that, um, trust him, you know, uh, he's a guy who, you know, I'm a Sixers fan. So like when he started, he came in and started talking about trusting the process and now it's all about that. But, uh, that's just the kind of guy he is. And like I said, he can be frustrating at times because of the way that he, he uses so much coach speak. Um, but at the end of the day, if you trust in, in his process, it's it's pretty well proven that uh, eventually it will work, at least at the college level. So uh, I don't know. I think that if you just if you trust Matt Campbell, uh, things are probably going to work out more often than not. So uh, that would just kind of be my my big pitch is just trust him. Um, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But uh, more often than not with that guy, I've learned that it does. Well, Jared, as I said at the beginning, the, the question isn't necessarily how much do the Jets want Matt Campbell. It's more so how much does Matt Campbell want the Jets. And if Joe Douglas were to give him a blank check and uh, you know bring him in for an interview, maybe they could get it done, but I tend to agree. I think he's probably at Iowa State for a little bit longer. Jared, we appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to talk to us. Where can our listeners find your stuff? Uh, we, we may have some Iowa State fans. I mean, with the amount of people requesting us to do a, a Matt Campbell podcast, we probably have to have at least 100. So uh, just let the listeners know where they can find you. Yeah, for sure. They can find me at cyclonefanatic.com. Uh, find our podcast and, and everything there. And then uh, I'm on Twitter, at Jared Stansberry. So you can uh, find me right there. And hopefully I didn't make any enemies in the New York Jets <laughs> uh, by with what I said. But, um, no, man, I, I think – you know, Coach Campbell's a great coach. It doesn't surprise me that that all these teams want him. Um, but I think that uh, I think he's a guy that is uh, is going to stick around in Ames, Iowa, and, and keep trying to build something here for for at least a little bit longer. All right, Matt Campbell, ladies and gentlemen, tweet us at CYJ Pod your thoughts on Campbell as the next potential head coach of the New York Jets. Do you think he would leave Iowa State to go to New York, and how would that hire work out? If you were to make the jump to the NFL, you can follow myself at Ben W. Blessington at, on Twitter. You can follow Michael at Michael underscore Nanny. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Jets X Factor, the best place to go for Jets content. Matt Campbell, ladies and gentlemen, the favorite from the fans. Can the front office get it done?
saved a touchdown, most likely. Looks right. Fires a bomb down the right sideline again for Mims. What a catch by Denzel Mims. 